Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends who are worshiping online or listening on the radio, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for the service under the resources tab, and then under the give tab, you may give your offering to the Lord and his work. A few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Frank Laner Jr. died in the Lord this past Saturday. That funeral service has been scheduled for Tuesday, September 19th at 11 a.m. with visitation starting at 10 a.m. that same day. Visitation and service will take place at Hutchins Mortuary in Florissant on Graham Road. Again, that's Tuesday, September 19th. Visitation at 10 a.m., funeral service at 11 a.m. On Sunday, the 22nd of October, 4 p.m., please put that on your calendar. That's when our director of music, Ryan Meyer, will be leading us in a hymn sing and festival. And uh, the nice thing about this kind of fun thing is that you will have the opportunity to pick the hymns that we will be singing and hearing. So mark down your top three choices, if you would like, on one of those submission forms that you find in the, in the narthex. And then Turn them into Ryan or the church office, or there's a, there's a little receptacle in the back there as you leave uh, in that collection area. Uh, turn that in, though, before next Sunday, this, the 24th of September, so uh, Ryan can collect all of those. The Mary Martha Guild will be taking pre-orders for their Mix and Fixins now through next Sunday, September 24th. You can visit the bookstore and see a list of Mix and Fixins that are available, and then you can place your order Pre-orders are available for pickup then at the end of the month of October. And today we have the special opportunity to say thank you to a wonderful staff member here at Chapel of the Cross as we celebrate her significant work anniversary. I ask Joanne Witte to come forward as well as 
our vice president of our congregation, Nancy Sabota. Good morning. Chapel of the Cross has a wonderful tradition of recognizing their employees on significant work anniversaries. And today, we continue that custom as we honor Joanne Witte for her five years of service. Joanne began her journey as a member of Chapel's office staff in 2018. She currently serves as Chapel's secretary receptionist, and as such, has a long and varied list of responsibilities to include working with the members of chapel staff, along with assisting members of the congregation when there is a question or a need. For some of you, Joanne may have been your first contact with chapel, perhaps when you called to check on service times or possibly when you had a question about how to become a chapel member. Joanne's willingness to serve and help others is a wonderful gift to chapel as she continues to be a loyal and dependable staff member who capably manages her responsibilities and who is always willing to help in any situation. Joanne, on behalf of the members of Chapel of the Cross Lutheran, it is truly my honor to present you with this plaque honoring your five years of service to this congregation. I will hold the plaque for Joanne. The plaque reads as follows, Joanne Witte, in appreciation for five years of dedication and hard work to Chapel of the Cross Lutheran 2023. Joanne, congratulations and thank you for your commitment to chapel. We look forward to your continued service to this congregation. Following this service, we will have a reception for Joanne in the Fellowship Commons. So please stop by and extend your best wishes to Joanne and enjoy some refreshments too. Thank you, Joanne, for your service to the Lord and to his church. We're, we in, and we'll enjoy the celebration with you, especially afterwards as we have some snacks together. Um, our elder of the week this weekend is John Rogers. John is standing right here. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know John, and if you don't already, as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. O God, we confess to you all bitterness we have harbored toward our neighbors, our refusal to forgive, and our lack of love toward those in need. In your tender mercy, do not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. In your steadfast love, and for the sake of Jesus Christ, Savior, grant us your forgiveness, fill us with your love, and grant us your peace. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you reveal your power by showing mercy and love. 
Grant us your grace to receive what you have promised and to forgive as we have been forgiven through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 50th chapter of Genesis. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers and the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. We read responsibly the hymn of the psalm of the day. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him.
The epistle is from the 14th chapter of Romans. Accept him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. At this time, we invite the children to come up for a children's message. Good morning. 
Sometimes you hear our pastor say, uh, good morning, people loved by God. And that's a great way to start our service, and that's how I want to start it with you. Good morning, children loved by God. That's really what our lesson's about today, our great loving God and, and his mercy for us. So I have a special message for you today. Of course, every children's message is special. But I think this one's particularly important because it talks about our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and even our relationship with ourselves. It's about forgiveness. So let me see a show of hands. How many of you have ever been hurt by somebody? Yeah, no names, just good. How many of you have hurt others, done something wrong to someone else? Have you ever done that? Yeah, it's hard to talk about forgiveness, but it's important. It's important we say, I'm sorry. It's important we say, I forgive you. And it's important to receive forgiveness, too. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that, because it's hard for us sometimes to work with forgiveness in other people. So I've got a, a thing right here to show you how this works. For us, when somebody hurts us or we hurt others, it's like we put a mark. Can you see that mark on there? And we wish that mark wasn't there. We would love to do anything to get rid of that mark. So maybe we find an eraser and say, I'm going to get rid of that mark. That offense, that wrong, I'm going to see if I can get rid of that. How am I doing? Is it all gone? Shoot, there's a smudge. And that's kind of how it is when we forgive one another. We can maybe not see the full offense, but there's something still there, something in our mind, something in our heart where we've been hurt. So we need help with forgiveness. On this side, I'm going to take and make the same kind of mark for you. This big old black X. We do not have the ability to get rid of offenses and hurts, but Jesus does. And when God forgives, he erases it until it's all totally gone. Is that all gone? Just about. There it goes. It's all gone. Work at it. That's not easy work, is it? That's kind of like what Jesus did on the cross. That wasn't easy work. But his cross takes away our sin so that God remembers it no more. Jesus talked about it in that parable in, in the Matthew Gospel today. Uh, he talked about a man who owed the king a, a lot. So much that he, there was no way he could pay for it. No way he could make that go away. So he begged the king, Oh, king, would you please forgive my debt? Have mercy on me. And the king said, Okay, I forgive your debt. But then, like this pencil mark that wouldn't go away, that guy remembered someone who had offended him. He owed him just a little bit. And he went to him and he said, you owe me, I need what you owe me back and I need it now. Sir, have mercy on me, he said. I'll work hard, I'll get rid of that debt. He said, no. You owe me, you're going to pay me. And he had him eventually put in prison. Well, when the king heard that, he was very, very disappointed maybe even angry. All that I forgave you, all that mercy that I showed you, you couldn't find it in your heart to offer some of that to someone else who owed you so little? 
Now, Jesus told this parable for us to understand more, more deeply, more completely, at least somehow further down the path of how much love our God has for us. That mercy that is so wide and so vast and never-ending that Jesus gave to us on the cross. We could never earn it. And God knows we sin, and we're going to do it again. So we remember his son who takes away the sin of the world, all of our sins, and in gratefulness, that hard work that he did there by offering his pure blood for us to cleanse us totally and completely. They even offered him something to meth wet his tongue. He didn't take it. He didn't need it. He just took away our sin, and it's gone. And that's the point of this parable, the vast love and mercy of our great God. We don't want to disappoint him by not offering it to others. We want to share it, and that's why we pray, Lord, we know we need help with forgiveness. Send your spirit to remind us of all you've done for us. So would you pray with me, please? Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for showing us all the mercy we ever would need. Help us to share it with others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right. You can go back to your seats. All right. <laughs> Thank you for my eraser.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here another one, one little verse from that gospel reading, Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? The man owed a whole lot of money. And when I say a whole lot of money, I mean a whole lot of money. 10,000 talents. Now, I know that might not mean a whole lot to you and me who are used to dollars and cents, but 10,000 talents was an exorbitant amount of money. Some argument about exactly how much it was, but the common measurement is that one talent equals 6,000 denarii, and one denarius was one day's wage. So if you did the math, and I did the math, 10,000 talents would equal roughly 165,000 years of labor to pay back that debt. 165,000 years of debt. In other words, that man owed a whole lot of money. (laughs) So I'm sure he wasn't at all surprised when he was summoned to the inner chambers of the king. He left the house, went across the territory until he reached the palace, climbed the flight of stairs, went through the double doors, passed the guards that were standing before the king, and the man bowed, as was the custom. And just then an aide carries out that huge ledger and he opens it up to the page where this man's name is printed at the top of the sheet. And the king looks down at the bottom line of the ledger sheet and says, Servant, says here that you owe me a whole lot of money. Yes, sir. You owe me 10,000 talents. Yes, sir. I want my money. Yes, sir. I want my money now. Yes, sir. I mean, no, sir. I mean, I, I, I don't have 10,000 talents. And the king turns to the aides who brought in the book and they begin a discussion about selling this man and selling his wife and selling his children and selling all that the man owns so that they can get maybe just a little recuperation of some of the cost of that huge debt. And when the king turns around again, he finds a servant down on the carpet on his knees. The servant looks up at the king and he says, Sir, have mercy on me. Have mercy and I will pay it all back. Give me a little time. How very silly, isn't it? A little time? Need more little time, buddy. You need 165,000 years. And I don't think you're going to live that long. And the king must have chuckled to himself and then perhaps smiled. Then he reached into that ledger book. He took hold of that servant's page and he ripped it out. And he took that page and he ripped it up into little shreds and he turned to that servant on his knees and he says, I forgive you. I forgive you the debt. You're free and clear. Go in peace. (laughs) Can you imagine the unbelievable happiness of the servant? 
just utter relief. And the tears must have just flowed down his face. And when he got up, his feet didn't touch the ground. I mean, he must have been just floating in the air. And he didn't touch a single step on the way back down from the palace. And the man is off to freedom. Or at least we hope that that was the case. But that's not how the story goes, is it? He apparently touched every step on the way down. And when he gets to the bottom, he finds another servant who owes him a hundred denarii, just over three months' wages. Ah, but just, what's, what's a few months' wages in contrast to 165,000 years of labor and of wages? But this man, this man who had just been forgiven a debt of millions, maybe billions of dollars, grabs the man by the throat for just a few bucks. And he says, pay what you owe. Notice that Jesus says that his fellow servant gets on his knees pleading with him as the first man had done in front of the king. And he says, just give me a little more time. Have mercy on me. I'll pay it all back. But wouldn't you know it, the guy refused. He didn't give him more time. Didn't give him anything. Called the police officer and said, this man owes me money and he's not paying me back. Take him to jail. And the crowd gathered at the bottom of the stairs didn't like what they saw and they didn't like what they heard. So they went to the king and they said, you would not believe what just happened with that servant you just forgave. And the king said, well, the two of us have to have another conversation, don't we? So the king summons the servant back into his presence. Up the flight of stairs to the double doors, past the guards into that inner chamber, the servant bows, as was the custom. And the king asks, weren't you here just a little while ago? Yes, sir. If I remember correctly, I had the ledger book open to the page on which your name appeared, and on the bottom line of that page, it said, you owe me 10,000 talents. Is that right? Yes, sir. Well, if I remember correctly, I told you I wanted my money now. Yes, sir. You got down on your knees and you begged for mercy. Do you remember what I did for you? I ripped the ledger sheet out of the book and I told you to go in peace. Now, what's this I hear about you when you left this place? By the time you got to the bottom of the stairs, you seized a man who owed you just a few dollars after I'd forgiven you millions. Did, did you seize someone for a few bucks and then throw them in jail? Is that right? Um, that's correct, sir. Well, said the king, I have news for you. You know that jail cell where your buddy sits? You're going to be taking his place. And you will stay there until you pay back everything that you owe me. And we read that, we hear that, and we say, well, you know what? That's fair. He got what was coming to him, didn't he? The man was not a very nice guy. And we're not very sorry about the fate of that unmerciful servant. But you know, I've always been kind of troubled by this story. Because the hero of this tale is the king. And the king forgives the servant 
But then 10 minutes later, he, he takes it all back. Now, that's not what I've been told about forgiveness. Is that what you've been told about forgiveness? Now, I, I've been told that if you forgive somebody, that's it. You can't say to me this morning, I forgive you, Ted, and then this afternoon stop by the house and say, you know what, I've changed my mind, I'm taking my forgiveness back. You can't do that. I mean, what's the deal about the king who forgives millions of dollars and then takes the forgiveness back? But the more I read this story, the more I realize that it's not a story about a king who forgives and then takes it all back. This is a story about a king who invited the servant to live in a kingdom where debts are forgiven. I mean, he owed so very much, so much there was no possible way that debt could be paid back. And amazingly, that king invited him to live in a kingdom where debts are forgiven. But when the servant left the king, he went to live in a completely different world. The servant goes and he lives in this world where you pay what you owe. I mean, we know this because he finds that guy who owes him something and he strangles him and throws him in jail until he can pay him back. He's fully living in this world where you pay what you owe. So when the king brings him back, the king is not taking away his forgiveness. He's just saying to him, do you really want to live in a world where you pay what you owe? Okay. Then you're going to be in prison until you pay what you owe. Imagine that you had come to church one Sunday and we're receiving a special door offering as we sometimes do and, and somebody's sitting next to you kind of nudges you with their elbow and they say, hey, I forgot my cash today. Would you lend me a $20 bill? And I'll, I'll drop it by later on and I'll, I'll pay you back. So you give them a 20. Now it's, it's Monday morning and you haven't seen that money yet. <laughs> he didn't bring by the $20 bill. By 8 o'clock that morning, you get a phone call from a lawyer now, it's not usually a good thing to get a phone call from a lawyer, right? <laughs> At any time of the day. But on this Monday morning, the lawyer says, I'm calling to inform you that you have received an inheritance. A long-lost relative of yours has listed you as a beneficiary. Millions of dollars are coming your way. No, this is not a scam. <laughs> it's the real deal. We'll be sending you the check via registered mail. Just imagine what you would be feeling about that news. I mean, you'd be ecstatic, right? Now, is it possible for you to remember, as you hang up the phone from the lawyer, you know, that person who borrowed $20 from me yesterday didn't bring it by, did he? Are you going to grab that phone real quick and, and call him up and say, hey, don't forget you owe me $20? I don't think so. Not after you got that call from the lawyer. In fact, I think if he did bring it by, you would say, hey, just keep it. I got some great news today. But the man in the parable could not live that way. Could not live in a world where debts were forgiven. He lived in a world where you pay what you owe. 
Perhaps he, he learned that same lesson that a lot of us learn from early on. You know, the lesson that says, never take anything from anybody. Everybody's got to pull their own weight. You pay what you owe. We learned that lesson very well, and so did he. Couldn't take a gift like that. But really, that's what forgiveness is all about. That's how God's forgiveness comes. It is freely given to undeserving people. It is freely given to you and to me. In fact, could, could we maybe place ourselves in that servant's shoes? We are summoned to the king. We go up the flight of stairs and through the double doors and we're ushered into that inner chamber of the king. And the king plops down that huge ledger book on the table and he opens it up where he finds the page with your name written on the top, my name written on the top. And the king looks at the bottom line of that ledger and it says, uh, you know what? It says that you owe me an awful lot. In fact, is, is this figure right? It says that you're indebted many, many, many millions. Is that correct? And every last one of us in this room this morning must answer, that is correct, sir. I'm, I'm heavily in debt. Even 165,000 years of work would not be enough to pay the debt. Well, do you know what the king does? He, he takes that sheet your name on that sheet, my name on that sheet. He rips it out of the book and he rips it to shreds. He looks down at us and he says, I forgive you. I forgive you the debt because of what my son did for you. I forgive you the debt because Jesus died on a cross in your place. I forgive you the debt. Because he took your sins upon himself, I forgive you the debt. You are free and clear. Your debt is forgiven. Go in peace. And now finally, we get to Peter's question that he asked at the very, very beginning of this text. Remember that question? How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me. Do you see, Jesus says, how God forgives? Over and over and over again, never stopping like this, like this giant flood of forgiveness. That's how we forgive, Peter. Forgive like your God forgives. Dan Pavla, who's a professor at Concordia, Wisconsin, he wrote a book on the Lord's Prayer called Our Way Home. And he speaks about that flood of God's forgiveness and how then we forgive others. He writes this, he says, In June 1997, our house flooded. A week's worth of rain was capped off with six inches overnight. Our street was overwhelmed. Soon water was pulling around several houses, including ours. The water covered the yard and came up to the bottom of the basement windows. Our house became one of the many islands in the neighborhood. 
There was a foot of water in the basement, and the level was rising. In the middle of all this, three of us neighbors just stood in the street. We were in water above our knees. I have never been in the midst of so much water. It was pushing its way into every crack of our lives. We could pump it out of our homes, out of our basement, but it seemed to come back even more. Now, Dan says, imagine if in the middle of that scene that he just painted, one of the neighbors whose property was a little bit higher and had not been flooded had come to him and said, hey, could you spare some of that water? Yeah, I, I wouldn't take it all. You know, I just, just like a little bit. Could you spare some water? What would he say? He'd say, ah, oh, no, sorry. You don't think I better, I better hold on to it. <laughs> but he'd say, sorry, but I, I really don't have much to spare. Are you kidding me? I mean, if a man had actually come to him and asked for water, Dan certainly wouldn't ask too many questions. Water? You want some water? <laughs> you can have the water. We're going under. Take all that you want. I've got water and I can give it to you. We receive God's flood of forgiveness. Forgiveness just pours out on us beyond measure. It is a perfect flood of love and of grace, and it just covers us. It inundates us. It infiltrates our lives. It overwhelms us. It covers over us in such an abundance that our neighbors can have as much as they can get from us. Can't they? And in receiving that flood of forgiveness and then pouring it out on our neighbor, we become not that unmerciful servant that we see in Jesus' story, but a grateful servant who has received from his Lord of lords and his King of kings the blessing of forgiveness. A grateful servant who has been invited to live in a kingdom where debts are forgiven. And we watch the Christ come into the world for us. And we watch the Christ suffer and die and rise for us. And we receive that forgiveness with a thankful and with a joyful heart. But we also hear the Savior's call. Love as I have loved you. Give, as I have given to you. Serve, as I have served you. Forgive, as I have forgiven you. And the grateful servant, you and I, go on our way, loving and giving, serving, forgiving. That's what being Christ's disciple is all about. We have received a flood of forgiveness and we pour it out on all those around us. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as together we confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed You'll find that on page nine in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We give praise to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for his grace and mercy to us. Lord God, to you belongs all glory and honor. We recognize your goodness to us and rejoice in the blessing of life and salvation you have bestowed upon us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, just as Joseph forgave his brothers and provided for them and their families, let us forgive those who have sinned against us. Grant that we would share with them the gospel of reconciliation in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our English district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Heavenly Father, empower your people to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Bless our district president, Jameson Hardy, the ministries of the English district, as well as the endeavor to establish new congregations that share that gospel with those who do not yet know the Savior. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, our God, watch over this nation and its people and give those in authority of government wisdom and skill to carry out their duties for the good of all. Guide and direct our president, the Congress and judiciary, our governor and our state and local leaders, that they may promote the ways of liberty, peace, and justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protecting Father, because not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from your will, defend, encourage, and provide for the poor, hungry, and homeless, and unemployed. Make all your people eager to provide to those in need both the comfort of your created gifts and the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Today we bring before you those who are suffering due to the extreme flooding in Libya. Give comfort and hope to those who have lost loved ones and bring rescue and relief to all affected by the flooding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, wipe every tear from your people and give your comfort to those who are hurting. We remember before you the Pharisee family as they have lost their belongings due to a house fire. Even as we praise you that they were not harmed, we ask that you give your peace and strength during their time of loss. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of, God of grace and mercy, you are the great physician of both body and soul. Look with compassion on all who are in trouble, distress, illness, or injury. Today we especially pray for Sherry Briley, Connie Fielding, John Jordan, and Terry Zavardens. Lord, keep all the ill firm in their faith and their trust in you. Grant them relief healing and hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
We pray for all who grieve. Merciful Father, your dear Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, rose victorious over death and the grave. Wipe the tears of those who grieve and comfort them with the assurance of your resurrection glory. We especially remember today Steve Guise and his family upon the death of his father, Robert, this past Thursday. Give to them your peace and your strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give you special thanks along with those who are celebrating milestones of your grace, especially Jared Cleveland and his family as they celebrate his 21st birthday today. Continue to lead, guide, love, and bless. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you lead, guide, and bless your church. We give thanks today with Trevor Tim and with our Redeemer Lutheran School in Watatosa, Wisconsin, as he is installed as principal next Sunday. Make your presence known to both principal and school as they begin ministry together. We also give you thanks that you have blessed this church and your people with wonderful servants. Especially today, we thank you, Lord, for Joanne Witte as she and us celebrate her significant anniversary of service to you and your people. Continue to sustain and work in her as she serves you and your people here at Chapel of the Cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
please rise. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine on us and be gracious to us. The Lord look upon us with favor and give us peace. Amen.